This is Jellyfish. And this is Barracuda. Welcome back to the show. We've got a bunch of topics to talk about today. Uh, today is Monday, March the 13th. Anyway, what, uh, what topics we got on the agenda today? Uh, well, we're definitely going to talk about this uh, SBT bankruptcy over in California. We're going to talk about um, the Parker Carlson, his January 6th videos. And then we're, we may touch on the Taiwan China ordeal. Um, we'll have to see what, what we got going. So. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, how many millions of dollars do you have in the Silicon Valley bank? Hmm. I'm pretty sure I have exactly zero, uh, yeah. dollars yeah, in that too. bank. Me too. Uh, I, you know, Obviously, this story kind of broke on Friday sometime. And, uh, you know, it's funny when these big, huge financial catastrophes always occur, like, you know, after regular business hours on Friday and uh, or, you know, on a Friday. And um, it doesn't really hit the national news until that night. And then everybody's like, oh, well, you know, just glance over this. This doesn't really matter to me because I don't bank at Silicon Valley Bank. You know, uh, that, you know, that has nothing to do with me. But uh, the fact of the matter is um, it's a huge ordeal. Uh, it, It could have some serious repercussions to the overall economy um, and, you know, as early as this morning, it sounds like uh, Putin, Putin brain Biden uh, decided to, um, in a non-direct way, bail out uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, and that's, I kind of expected that. Uh, but truthfully, they should have been allowed to fail. Uh, just well, like you know, they're worried them. about a bank run because I think FDIC only protects what two hundred fifty thousand dollars per per account? Right, and, and these, these billionaires, yeah, you know. Yeah, these these accounts are for it, it, for those that don't know the significance of this bank. They are essentially like the bank that uh, tech companies and startup tech companies go to, whether it's you know social media tech, health tech. Um, you know, uh, online security tech, all that, all these tech companies, they go straight to Silicon Valley Bank and use these, this bank pretty much exclusively uh, for their business operations. And then most of them bank there exclusively for their their personal stuff too. You've got a lot of celebrities that uh, very, very wealthy celebrities uh, that use this as their exclusive bank, like supposedly Oprah Winfrey, this is where she banks at. And um, she stood to lose hundreds of millions of dollars, allegedly. Um, you know, so it's a, uh, it, it's a bank for people in high places and, and, you know, the societal and corporate elite. So uh, as soon as I saw this, I just shook my head and I just knew that, they would probably get a bailout. Uh, the the government would back them up because, you know, that's that's a lot of the you know the Democrat Party's uh, voter base. Uh, you know, a lot of their donations come from people like Oprah Winfrey and uh, Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry, if he's even still referred to as Prince. But uh, anyway, well, you know, pretty, as soon pretty as it happened, Friday and was stuff. announced after hours, the uh, stock market took a huge hit. 
So I think that's why they waited till Friday to try to give themselves the weekend to figure out what they were going to do. Because yeah. honestly, I expected more of a problem this morning um, opening up, but I was checking and it really wasn't that big of an issue, but I'm sure it's because Biden told everybody that their deposits were safe, even though, right. you know, even yeah. though they're over the protected amount. Right. And, and you've got basically you know, my, my, my Robin hood account, which is nothing to brag about uh, Friday. I mean, it was down probably a good 10, 15% uh, by the end of, uh, by closing bell. Um, and, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, that's a substantial amount, but, you know, you talk about people that essentially are, are locked out of their uh, business and personal bank accounts at this one particular bank. And, uh, man, that's that's scary stuff. Um, however, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I, it, to me, it, it's pretty ludicrous that these supposedly super savvy business people, entrepreneurs that have made all these hundreds of millions of dollars, they all put their money in one damn bank. Like that's, that's pretty wild to me. Um, I don't have all of my money in one bank. Uh, that's not a lot, but even still, like I, I don't, um, you know, I deal with a regional bank and a regional credit union. So, you know, I've just never thought it was a great idea to put all of my money in one location and, you know, because you just, you never know what, you know, what could happen. Um, and another thing that has kind of popped up in the last uh, 24 hours that I've seen come up was uh, Wells Fargo has apparently started laying off uh, like hundreds or a couple thousand loan officers. So, you know, the run on banks didn't happen today. Like a lot of people were scared it would. It probably didn't happen because Biden got up way early this morning and, and did a press conference basically saying that everybody's money's safe. Um, but, you know, some of these financial institutions are on very, very shaky ground. Um, and you've got um, the possibility of rate hikes happening again within the next few weeks, like another half a half percentage point or something, um, man, you know, we, we are, we are really in a very, um, unstable area, uh, financially speaking. Um, the, you know, if, if you just look at some of these, uh, car companies, you know, going to buy a new car last year, I bought a new, a new truck. My interest rate was 3.99%. Spoke to a buddy, on Saturday about a brand new car that he just bought. Um, and he is an employee of this company um, and has been for quite some time. And he's got tier one credit and the best rate that he could get through this car company's financial services uh, branch was 9.4% on a brand new car. He said the cheapest he was able, the lowest rate that he was able to get from a uh, like a regional private bank um, was I think I think he ended up going with uh, maybe Trustmark and it was like seven something percent and man that's that's used car rates you know it's it's crazy so basically that tells me that if you're going you know once you can actually find a used car those rates are probably close to double digits if not in the teens for some people even you know with tier one credit that's that's crazy. Yeah, my 
my wife actually keeps on trying to convince me to buy a new vehicle. Um, you know, I got that gas guzzler Chevy Silverado, but for a daily driver, I need something else. But I told her like at this rate, it's cheaper to buy the gas than it is buy a new car. Like, it absolutely you is. And, and truthfully, truthfully, the best, you know, in, in pretty much any economy, the best thing to do is you've got a vehicle that's paid off that doesn't get good gas mileage. The best thing to do is to hold on to it and find a, a, a more economic, you know, uh, better miles per gallon, uh, Honda Civic, you know, Honda Accord, little Toyota Camry, something like that, that you can either get a small loan for or be able to pay cash for um, and, and you know, stop driving your gas guzzler. Uh, but it, it doesn't make sense to sell something that's paid off that you probably won't get much for and then get yourself into a car note that probably is more than what your gas bill was, you know, for, you know, your big V8 truck. Yeah. Um, so on that bailout, what do you think? Um, he says that the taxpayers will not have to pay for this bailout, but, but where, where do they think the money's going to come from? I mean, that's, that, that's... we're talking millions of dollars. Maybe it'll be one of those uh, really shady uh, deals like the Obama administration did where they gave uh, a few pallets of cash to uh, the Iranians in the middle of the night. Who knows? I mean, you know, they, they say that, oh, the taxpayers won't pay for that. If if it's not the taxpayers and, you know, like we were discussing, you know, it's Wall Street. OK, so how does how exactly does that work? Essentially, you're going to punish consumers uh, that you're, you're 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 hitting the consumer for the bailout in some form or fashion you know whether you raise a tax or you know the uh the the, the companies themselves increase their rates to do business you're still hitting the consumer the general consumer the person that has not a fucking thing to do with this bank uh, you're still hitting them in the pocketbook. And, you know, it just, it pisses me off so bad when these politicians say stuff like that because they think we're stupid. And, and for the most part, look, there are some stupid people out there that buy that kind of stuff. But ultimately, it's just like inflation. Like, okay, you may not be raising taxes right now, but although Biden said in his, his uh, next budget he plans on uh, raising taxes um but with inflation that is a tax on the middle and lower class and because you know these corporations that uh, are having some supply chain issues or production issues or whatever they start you know raising their prices uh, because prices are raised on them in some form or fashion whether it's taxes or you know um ingredients for their products or whatever and they pass that cost on to us and you know it gets to a point where you know you can't afford to feed your family uh because you know inflation tax essentially well, i actually see now i've been trying to look and see if they've commented on where it would come from but it appears that there's something called the deposit insurance fund and it's part of the fdic um, looks like it is funded by um, interest on funds that they have invested 
in government bonds. And currently they have over a hundred billion dollars in it. And it is solely for covering institutions like this and depositors. So it's taxpayer money is what it is. So, so, I mean, point proven it, the taxpayer is bailing them out. Um, Indirectly, when, they have made some right. money off of the taxpayers and now they're going to use it. But right. I mean, that's and so, $100 billion. We're talking about Silicon Valley. How long yeah, do you think and, it would take for them to use that $100 billion? You know? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's chump change for, for the state of California. Um, but the, the thing that once again, you go back and you look at this stuff, and, I, and I've seen stuff on it all weekend. It's all this equity and inclusivity and all this stuff, uh, you know, the, and, and this is you know coming from uh, screenshots of, of Silicon Valley Bank's website for, you know, people that they've promoted to these positions for, you know, of course, all this inclusivity and equity and all that. I don't even know what that shit means. Okay. And, and I know what it means, but like in real world terms, you hire people that know how to do the job and do the job. Well, I don't care if they are a seven foot tall unicorn with, uh, you know, penguin hands. I, I don't care what they are. You don't hire people because they check a bunch of damn boxes. The more you check boxes, the more bounce, uh, bounce checks you have. And that's just all there is to it. It's you go woke, you go broke. If you want to make money, you hire people that are efficient and effective at their job. You don't hire people because they hit all these marks for, you know, uh, minority status or, uh, you know, gender status or whatever. Like these companies are going to figure out that if you're not hiring the right man, woman, and or, you know, whatever for the job, they are going to hurt you. They're going to hurt your bottom line and eventually push you in, you know, back you into a corner to where, you know, not only do they have entirely too much clout and power, um, but your bottom line is going to be hurting. And you don't go into business to make people feel good. You go into business to make money. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you've got to be completely and totally ruthless. But, um, you know, at some point, you've got to look at this kind of stuff and say, hey, is this is this person really qualified for this job? Um, and if they're not, you know, maybe get somebody in there that is and you won't run into these issues and from what I was reading earlier today, uh, it looks like the the signs uh, of getting to this point for Silicon Valley Bank have you know been there for about a year, and they they kind of knew this was coming, and it Friday just you know things came to a head, and people couldn't get a hold of their money, and uh, it's you know it's we live in a crazy crazy world, um, and. I just don't see how companies could be willing to gamble uh, stability uh, financially and, you know, otherwise uh, on, you know, hiring people that check a bunch of boxes. Yeah, I agree. I'm all for trying to include some diversity, but at the end of the day, it comes down to your ability and, you know, what do you bring to the job? 
Right. And, you know, and, and, and I feel like diversity has been, you know, weaponized pretty much like, you know, they say, oh, diversity is our strength. No, civility is our strength. Diversity means nothing if you have no civility. Um, if, if, if civility is either dead or, you know, dying in your society, then it don't matter how much diversity you have. And that's what people have got to understand. You've got to stop demonizing a certain group of people um, while cramming down other people's throats. You know, this this uh, other group of people are so, you know, downtrodden or whatever. And, you know, they deserve all of uh, these these helping hands because, you know, Western civilization is is so evil and, and toxic masculinity is so evil like that's all a bunch of bullshit and it's going to come to a point where people get sick and tired of being told that they're bad people or that they're evil or that their ancestors are evil or whatever, like toxic masculinity built the Western civilization that you live in where you have the right to criticize people and you have the right and the ability and uh, the, um, the privilege of being able to uh, make a living and, you know, talk shit about your country and talk shit about people that you don't even really know, you know, and uh, it, this, this is all basically, it all rolls back to the, the whole woke mindset. And uh, man, it, if you want to talk about something that can fire me up, it's this bullshit because Man, all I've ever tried to do is help people in my life, and I am a I'm a straight white Christian male, and I have never discriminated against anybody. Um, but growing up in the South, I mean, you know as well as I do. I mean, you know, you it's like, you know, you have to um, you have to basically um, you know really watch what you say because so many people will try to turn you know, something into uh, something that's racist or whatever. Well, now I'll, it's just I'll, like this past week at work. Um, I mean, you were there. We were dealing with that particular incident where we were just trying to help the guy and he was just mad about everything and started calling us names I would rather not say, but right. basically summing up trying to call us racist. Right. And, you know, it's like, how did, how did you get that out of this situation? We literally walked in there and asked, hey, man, what can we do for you? We didn't come in there, you know, like, hey, man, what's your problem? It was, hey, what can we do for you? You know, to try to de-escalate the situation. And the guy came at us, you know, verbally. And if he was physically able to, I guarantee you he would have. Um, it's funny because he, he basically threw his meal tray um, and, got food and water everywhere and we, we cleaned it up, you know, like, and, and it's just, you know, you run into stuff like that and you just got to shake it off because you're like, you know, man, I don't know what this guy's been through. I, I don't know, you know, his background. Uh, but it's clearly not me personally, because pretty much everybody that went in that room, he was a complete and total asshole to, um, extremely hostile. Um, but it's like, man, you know, now all of a sudden we have to be like, oh, well, you can't say, you know, this, that and the other because that's transphobic or homophobic or whatever. First off, we've got to stop using the word phobic for things that I'm not afraid of. 
you know, phobia is a fear. And it's not that I am scared of trans people or I'm scared of homosexual people or, or black people or, or Chinese people, or whatever. That's so ridiculous. Like, just because you can't come up with a good word, don't just start changing the meanings of words. But anyway, nonetheless, we kind of went off on a tangent on that. Um, so the other topic we were going to talk about, um, and, and, and we'll keep paying attention to this SVP, uh, SVB uh, situation because, um, you know, again, you could have a run on banks next week because something that happens between now and then. Uh, but let's let's talk about that January the 6th uh, stuff that uh, Tucker Carlson um, put out last week. Yeah, I haven't haven't had time to really watch too much of it other than what I watched at work um, when you were telling me about it the other day, the little minute and a half video. But it's just this is the kind of stuff that makes me mad where these people go to trial for, you know, causing an insurrection well they only had what 25 percent of the video footage and now they're releasing the rest of the video footage showing the cops are escorting them around like there's not they're not fighting no i understand they were fighting at the door some trying to keep people out but on the inside they were escorting people showing them around right not making making zero attempt to subdue restrain arrest any of those people they were essentially capital police tour guides and now you know you wonder so i've seen some footage and this is you know this goes all the way back to to when it actually occurred but you know some some newer footage that uh people have released online since uh some of the you know all all of these you know the thousands of hours of security footage have have been released um you know people like getting to the Capitol and changing into MAGA gear, you know, that were clearly there to incite violence. Um, people that were there, that were probably paid agitators. Uh, we know the Democrat Party does this. We know that the Democrat Party uh, pays people to go stir up shit. And, uh, you know, that, why, why would this be any different whenever it's public record that these people, these these protesters, uh, had um, the correct and, and legal paperwork to be able to protest uh, on on the Capitol grounds. No, they did not have um, the uh, you know right to go into the Capitol building in mass, uh, but they did have permits to be able to, to uh, protest on the Capitol grounds. And so I'm sure that there were people within you know the progressive left you know, circles that knew that these things were going on and they could send some of their henchmen down there to stir things up. Uh, You've got people within the FBI that will not admit to or deny that they probably had um, FBI agents within that, you know, that crowd of people, um, you know, that were there at the Capitol that day. Uh, Basically, and and the FBI has done this in the past. They have basically coerced people into committing crimes. And, you know, that's not the way that system's supposed to work. You know, they're supposed to infiltrate, you know, criminal organizations 
and, you know, kind of go along for the ride or whatever or stop it before it happens. But they're persuading people to commit crimes. And and that that's not the way the system is, is supposed to work. Um, that's kind of like entrapment. Um, but anyway, uh, you got to wonder those people, you know, they're at the front that are, you know, clearly forcefully making their way into the Capitol. I mean, how many of those people are paid agitators or FBI agents? You know, we'll probably never know. Um, we'll never know the truth. I mean, what's the guy's name, Ray Epps, that was like, yeah, we're going to go in there. We're going to, we're going to, you know, go into the Capitol. And, and like the dude's an FBI agent. Like we all know that, you know. Um, and of course, the FBI, you know, when I think it was Ted Cruz asking him questions about him, uh, they were like, you know, basically we plead the fifth like man i mean it's just like you're setting your own people up when you know more than likely that thing probably would not have gotten out of hand at the doors of the capitol had you know those people not been there to agitate people and to rile people up but yeah i mean like you said there you know the the footage that they've shown on on tv like you know, there's there's thousands and thousands of hours of it. You know, there's no way that anybody, any one person can sit there and watch all that footage. But the QAnon shaman who, you know, there, there are commentators on TV that said that he should have been shot because he was a violent insurrectionist. The footage that they've got of this guy, he's being escorted through the halls of the Capitol trying to get to the Senate chambers because he wants to go in there and say a prayer like how much more peaceful can you get? And at, at some, certain points, there's, uh, you know, six to 10 uh, Capitol Police officers around the guy and they make absolutely no attempt to uh, restrain him or stop him. They are literally, you know, escorting him to where he wants to go to. Then he gets in the Senate chambers and he says a prayer for the Capitol Police. Um, you know, it's like, man, how can you? And, and the guy is going, he, he got four years in prison and everybody's like, oh, well, he pled guilty. So he was guilty. No, he pled down because if you don't, then he gets 15. They railroaded his ass. They railroaded him. He's a Navy veteran. He's getting four years for literally doing nothing violent. Did he have the right to go into the Capitol? No, obviously not. I mean, there were, you know, there, but should he be in prison for four years? Absolutely not. That is excessive. Everyone knows it. Anyone that says otherwise, they're they're probably just a Marxist and they don't really like freedom. It's rules for thee, but not for me sort of thing. Um, and oh, the yeah, uh, people go to jail for much less time for way worse crimes. I mean, right. the I mean, judicial people, system is completely messed it, it, up. It, man, it needs it needs so much help. Um, There just needs to be a a complete reworking of it. You know, you've got people that go to jail for manslaughter, uh, you know, and and get less time than this guy, but he is a political prisoner. That's, that's all there is to He's a political prisoner because um, the, the, the party with the power, he disagrees with them and he got, the maximum amount of time that they could give him for pleading guilty. Um, realistically, you know, even the worst offenders probably should have got like two years probation, a couple thousand hours of community service. They didn't, they have yet to convict a single person on actual insurrection. They are convicting people of, uh, of 
um, trespassing, you know, federal trespassing crimes. Um, and they're giving them the maximum sentencing. And, you know, they're not taking into account, you know, the time that's already served while they're waiting on trials. It, it's just, you know, these guys are sitting in a D.C. jail and they're waiting on trials. And, you know, there have been a couple that have gotten off and, you know, God bless them. I mean, because, you know, this whole situation is bad enough. But then, you know, from what I understand, their conditions in the D.C. jail are pretty much horrific. Um and, uh, you know, the the officer, the Capitol PD officer that was allegedly beaten with a fire extinguisher and ended up dying the next day, um, Officer Sicknick, I believe, um, footage of him just walking around completely and totally um, healthy and not injured or anything. Uh, and that that whole narrative has pretty much been proven wrong. You know, like the footage of him that I saw, he was like picking up protesting signs and trying to make a pile. Nobody was harming the guy. And a lot of these other people that were making their way through the Capitol that are on this security footage, man, they're picking up trash, you know, that, that other people have dropped. You know, they, they clearly respect and appreciate our system. And it was it was like they were there you know, on a tour and, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity sort of thing. And now these people are going to jail because they think that essentially the election was stolen. And, you know, that shit is, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. It's, you know, it's obviously they weren't trying to insurrect. If they were trying to insurrect, they would have been armed and it would have been, a bloodbath. Right. I mean, you know, and then like, you know, Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi, you know, they knew, you know, they, the, the, uh, the Capitol police wanted, um, you know, national guard there, uh, just in case. And it was denied. And it's like, you, you knew this stuff. Like you knew that there was a possibility of these things happening and you denied Capitol police, any sort of backup, and I assure you, if if those citizens would have seen, you know, more bodies, you know, more people, uh, you know, in an official capacity, such as the National Guard, I promise you they wouldn't have got out of hand. You know, they well, you probably know, I'm sure they wanted something to happen so that they could blame it all. Absolutely. You know, they had to have they had to have a big scene and they had to have something going on to put. Well, and, and it's it's completely and totally obvious that that's the case because they've controlled the narrative in the media for, for two years. And, and, and as soon as this was happening, I was off that day. I'm sitting there watching it on TV. And I told my wife, I said, man, this is not good. This is this is very, very bad. And it's not because these these people were going through the Capitol. It was the repercussions and the way that the narrative was going to be controlled and how badly these people's lives were going to be ruined because they participated in this and they've been made into, you know, criminals. They want to overthrow the government and they want to, you know, cause all this violence. Like you said, they weren't even armed. You know, these people go in there with with uh, with signs like pro-Trump signs, pro-America signs, whatever. And again, I've said before, look, Trump is not the political savior to the right that so many people want to make him out to be. He ain't that guy for me. Yeah, no, just to clarify, we are not pro one way or the other. We talk a lot of crap, but we don't like either party. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it, because it's 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 essentially, you know, they talk about a two-party system, but it's a, it's a fucking uniparty is what it is. I mean, you've got 
You know, you've got these people like Mitch McConnell that have been in power for entirely too long. And you really think that Nancy Pelosi is his enemy? No, no. They're they're look, these people sit down and drink at the same damn country clubs at the same tables and shoot the shit with each other like they're old buddies. And that's because they are, because they've been in the system in Washington, DC for 20 to 30 years at a time. Like these people. Uh, they are friends and they are, it's a big club and you ain't in it. And, and that's the God's honest truth. And there are probably maybe three to four, uh, you know, congressmen or senators uh, in DC currently that I feel like are moderately trustworthy. Um, you know, I was really hoping that Dan Crenshaw would be the exception and he would, I could add him to the to the list of people that, um, you know, I felt like truly had the American people's interest at, at, at heart. Um, but, you know, that dude, he's a scumbag too, you know, just, just like Nancy Pelosi, just like, you know, um, pretty much any Democrat that's been there, Chuck Schumer, you know, all of them, they're all garbage human beings and they are all going to Washington to get wealthy and to rob the American people um, of billions and billions of tax dollars uh, because who's going to stop them? Because as soon as you try to do anything about it, they'll ruin you. And you, that's not the way the system's supposed to work, people. Yeah, ever since, you know, the advancements with that technology and news and it's just, it's nothing but controlled propaganda. Like, Absolutely. If you don't own or have something on a news station, then you are just out of luck. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, of course, all these smaller, you know, local news stations and stuff like they're controlled by the larger entities that they represent. And those larger entities like NBC, for example, you know, who owns a lot of NBC? Who, well, who, who owns NBC? NBC is owned by Comcast. Who owns Comcast? General Electric. General Electric is, I think, like either the third or fourth largest uh, defense um, uh, contractor that the federal government deals with. And then they're owned by, you know, like 50 to 60 percent of them is owned by BlackRock. And who does BlackRock own the majority of shares in? The Pfizer. entire world. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they own Pfizer. And so they're just going to tell NBC to push this vaccine. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to try to perpetuate war over here in this other corner with the Ukraine. And it's like, man, look, you know, as soon as you understand the rules of the game, you can play the game a little bit better. And you can you can see that. <clears throat> They try to pit, you know, the white man and the black man against each other, the the man and the, the female against each other, the the gay and the straight against each other. They they do their best to keep us at each other's throats for one reason or another, whether it's racial or socioeconomic, whatever. Um, they keep us at each other's throats so that they can keep doing what they do best, and that is fleece the American taxpayer. Yeah, because if we were all unified there, I mean, we wouldn't have any of these other issues that they can focus on. There would only be the issues that they are trying to control and they don't want us to fool with. Like they want us too busy fooling with each other to actually worry about the rich in this country. 
Right. The, you know, they don't they don't teach you in school in, in, in these government run schools, you know, how to be self-sufficient, um, how to um, you know, buy the best insurance policy, you know, life insurance policy, car insurance. But they don't teach you how to do taxes. They want you to stay stupid. They want you to stay ignorant and, and completely clueless about the way the system works, because if you do, then you're easier to control. And that's what I've always tried to tell people like, yes, I am very conservative. Okay, I'm extremely conservative uh, fiscally. Um, I am I am very conservative uh, uh, socially. There are some things that you know, man, I live and let live sort of thing. Uh, but you know, ultimately, uh, you know, at no point have I ever been at somebody's throat over politics because I know that's what they want. They want us fighting with each other. Uh, and, and hating each other so that they can continue to control us. And, you know, and of course, the introduction of all of this technology, you know, all this screen time that everybody's, you know, so wrapped up in and, and getting these fucking dopamine hits that, uh, you know, do absolutely nothing for you. They don't help you raise your children. Uh, they don't help you achieve uh, financial independence. Uh, it just makes you feel good for a few minutes. But you stay on that cell phone, you stay on that tablet, you stay on the Internet. And, you know, the one good thing that could possibly happen is that you could go down a rabbit hole uh, and see just how corrupt the government is and see how the system works. But, you know, for the most part, people are just watching stupid ass TikTok videos where people are dancing or cracking jokes or whatever. Um, and, you know, they're not they're not getting educated. And, uh, man, it's you know, it's all by design. Yeah, I mean. You know, they've been trying to block that TikTok um, because it's Chinese owned and they've even proved that, I guess the, I don't know what you would call it, the For You page or something in yeah. China is completely different from what they let show in America. Like they don't have all these dances and all that other crap in China. Theirs is strictly like educational from what I've understood. Um they're definitely yeah, it's, trying it's, to dumb down. Yeah, it's very pro, um it's very pro uh PRC, People's Republic of China, um, for those that don't know. Um it, it's very um geared towards, you know, like propaganda type stuff for uh, the Chinese people. Whereas for us it's just like a bunch of stupid foolishness. Um, that, uh, you know, will, will keep us all getting them dopamine hits. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's their way of, of keeping us um, all under control. Um, you know, and kind of to, to, you know, spin that, you know, I mean, it's like paying attention to the bigger picture. Man, you know, if we don't get back to a place where we have cheap energy, um, then we are not going to be able to retain um, superpower status and have a, a good balanced, strong economy. And, um, you know, with, I, I saw um, some information earlier today about, uh, you know, China getting into uh, talks with the Ukraine in order to, uh, to help, you know, possibly bring this war to an end. The U.S.'s role in all of this Ukraine-Russia business should have never been supplying arms to Ukraine. Um, it should have never been a proxy war. 
funding with either money and or munitions, uh, rocket systems, you know, I mean, tanks, jets, all that kind of stuff. We should have never been involved in that war like that. What we should have done is been the the leader that the world needs and brought these two entities to a negotiating point to say, hey, you know, we hear your grievance. We hear your grievance. Let's come together. Let's see what we can do for each other. Let's see how we can end this thing. Because if we keep going, eventually other parties are going to get involved. And those other parties are going to want to facilitate this war to the point to where Russia wins it and takes back Ukraine. And, you know, whether you think Putin is uh, the Antichrist or, you know, Christ reincarnated, whatever, uh, or somewhere in between, like, I really think the guy, you know, I mean, he's he's been recorded as saying that he's willing to negotiate a peace deal. But Zelensky has said no. But now all of a sudden China's getting involved and it's like, well, China wants to basically coordinate the peace talks for Zelensky, you know, with Russia. And it's like, shit, man, that should have been us all this time. But instead, we've tried to make Putin out to be this big, bad boogeyman. And, you know, it's like maybe we're the big, big, bad boogeyman. Maybe the U.S. government is the majority of the problem. Well, I, I feel like they are the majority of the time, you know, things could be handled much differently. But. Yeah, I mean, like, well, just, I also you, saw something I'm going to have to investigate further, but where Mexico may be um, creating a partnership with China on fuel. Yeah. Trying to get away yeah. from American trade and, you know. If we ended up going to war with Russia, China, and then China's partnered with Mexico, well, you know, it, it doesn't become a sea and air battle then if we did go to war, you know, then it's going to be land to land. They're just south of the border. So, right. And, you know, uh, Mexico has got plenty of oil. Um, you know, and their, their oil companies were nationalized years ago. So their government, controls the, their oil. Um, you know, it's crazy to think that, um, you know, our neighbor at our southern border is ready to essentially, you know, create ties with China who, you know, for all intents and purposes, and purposes is, is our mortal enemy. You know, at least that's what the government's telling you. Like, look, I, I completely, completely and totally disagree with communism on every and any level. You know, I don't even subscribe to the notion that, well, it looks good on paper. That's bullshit. It don't look good on paper. It ain't good for anybody. It's killed hundreds of millions of people. Okay. It's, it's bad for everybody involved. Um, so, you know, to get in bed with, you know, the, the CCP uh, could be, beyond detrimental to our economy. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's mind blowing that, uh, it, you know, man, we've got American companies that are getting in bed with them, you know, for all these, um, you know, resources for batteries for electric cars. And it's like, what the hell do you think they're going to do with that stuff? You know, they're going to give us batteries. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, they're probably also going to reverse engineer, you know, the shit that you've built and sell the same product over in their country. And, you know, uh, 
your patents, they don't give a shit about because they don't, they don't care about that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, it, it's, there's so many possibilities that, um, you know, things could go wrong with China and Mexico uh, becoming some sort of large trading partner with them. Uh, that's, that's not good for the U S once again, just, you know, knocking us down another step. Yeah. And it ties back to the Taiwan ordeal, you know, China's wanting Taiwan and we're trying to protect Taiwan and it's just, you know, we're trying to protect all these little guys, which I know, I understand we're supposed to try to help them against these other superpowers, but you piss off all these other superpowers, which happen to be going for little guys we're trying to defend at the same time. You know, we're one large country, but fighting overseas is a whole different story from fighting here. Right. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Man, that's probably about all I got in me today. Uh, my blood pressure's probably up. I'm sure my heart rate's probably <laughs> up. Uh, you know, uh, talking about this kind of stuff, I, I enjoy it. But at the same time, man, it gets to a point it where just it's infuriates you. Yeah. yeah, it's infuriating. It's toxic. And you just got to be like, you know, man, I got to get my ass outside and do some work. Because if I sit here and talk about this shit anymore, I, I'm – I'm going to lose it, you know, and, and that man, that ain't the way it's got to be, you know? Well, I guess that's going to be it for this episode. This is Jellyfish. And this is Barracuda. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.